0: Solar. This. this
1: this is What's Up. What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome back to another episode of the What's Up Podcast, hosted here by GRNY Solar. Today we've got myself, Connor, and of course, co-host Marie. Hi. We have a great interview today with a representative from the North Side of Chicago, uh, Representative Ann Williams, on the recent energy legislation that passed. It made not only obviously state headlines, uh, national headlines, but actually as far as international headlines because of you know the, the resounding changes that it really brings to uh, the Illinois uh, energy market. So, without further ado, let's jump into the interview with uh, Representative Ann Williams.
0: My name is Anne Williams, and I'm the state representative for the 11th district, which is on the north side of Chicago.
1: Awesome. Can can you tell us a little bit about how you you became involved in in Green Initiatives in the past?
0: Sure. Well, when I first ran for office, I did notice that environmental issues were really at the top of the list for the voters I was uh, talking to throughout my campaign. And when I was elected, I began to focus on environmental issues. And at that time, even just 10 years ago, we were not talking about the climate crisis In the way that we are today so my interest in clean energy really just evolved during my tenure in the legislature i currently chair the energy and environment committee in the house i have previously served as the chair of the green caucus which is the legislative environmental caucus and uh, it was involved in many many legislative items pertaining to the environment
2: So when you're reviewing a bill or proposition that comes across your desk, what are the aspects that stand out as something you would want to get behind?
0: Well, one of the first items that you assess is, is there a need or an issue or a problem we're trying to address here? And does this proposal actually work to solve the problem or address the need? Often we consult with advocates in the field whether it's in the solar industry, our environmental champions, our advocacy organizations, others with expertise in the area to get their take on the proposal as well.
1: So one of the bills, the one that kind of broke headlines uh, recently was CEJA, the, the bill that recently, you know, the big energy bill that recently passed in Illinois. I know you you played a, a pretty important role in, in, you know, pushing for that and getting that passed. Can you can you help us understand, you know, some of the key components of that bill and, and really Uh, what it's really gonna do for not just Illinois renewables, but also the Illinois energy economy.
0: Absolutely. Well, I started out by sponsoring a bill called the Clean Energy Jobs Act. The acronym was CEJA. The bill that ultimately passed was the Climate and Equitable Jobs Act, but it really did follow the framework of the original legislation that we proposed. It's really about a transition for Illinois to a clean energy future. So we passed what I consider a comprehensive and nation-leading climate bill that truly puts Illinois communities and consumers first. Energy bills of the past have often put utility interests first, and we did not do that this time. We are preserving our nuclear fleet as a bridge to our renewable energy future. We invest in significant renewable energy development. We are looking to create equitable jobs in communities throughout Illinois, often in communities that have traditionally been underserved, whose voices have not been heard. And of course, um, if you're familiar with the landscape around energy in Illinois, it was critical that we passed strong utility accountability and ethics provision. So that was really a, a key part of the bill as well.
2: CJ went through a lot of back and forth. I gotta say, uh, we were on the edge of our seats throughout the entire thing. I won't have asked you to disclose anything that happened in the chambers, of course, but what was it like working with so
0: many parties? Well, it was wild. It really felt like <laughs> you were on a roller coaster ride for the entire time. I introduced the bill originally in I think, 2019, but prior to that, the Clean Jobs Coalition, which was an advocacy kind of conglomerate of many organizations, companies, community groups, faith-based organizations had been having conversations in communities throughout Illinois to check in with people everywhere and say, hey, what do you wanna see in your clean energy future? Rather than, you know, plot this out in the back room somewhere in the legislature, we really went out into the communities to get input. And that resulted in a framework that was the original CEJA. And throughout the process, you're you're not kidding there, we had working groups, we had hearings, we had town hall meetings, we had panel discussions, we had more working groups. And uh, it finally came together, I think, at, at the time that it really needed to. Of course, we were met along the way with the evolving and unfolding scandal involving one of our largest utilities, and that's ongoing. So that presented unique set of challenges as we're trying to move forward with an energy discussion. Every time we'd see another news article, or there'd be an indictment, we'd kind of have to go back and say, all right, what are we doing here that's going to make sure that this doesn't happen again?
2: We've been hearing that a lot. We've talked about this a lot on the podcast of how influential this bill is for the underserved. And we've heard from a lot of different nonprofits coming forward saying we need to help out these people that can't afford solar or make things happen for those that don't have access to these these areas because that's how we're going to get the bill passed. So hearing that there were initiatives to
0: have conversations
2: with the people that it would
0: actually affect is, is, yeah, I would, I would agree. And how I've described it is that concerns about equity and equity was really woven throughout all the provisions of the bill. We didn't just have a section on equity. Equity was relevant when it came to solar and wind development, when it came to um, the increase in the usage and development of opportunities for electric vehicles. When it, uh, we talked about decarbonization, for example, we focused on communities that were disproportionately impacted by pollution already. The coal plants are usually not located in wealthy communities. They're located in the communities that are hard hit by many inequities whether it's healthcare, education, or anything else. So that's where we really wanted to focus, not just job training and job opportunities, although those are critical components, but really opportunities for communities and people within those communities to truly participate in the clean energy economy. There's not the kind of wealth and history often in those communities of those sorts of jobs, those sorts of companies. We want to build wealth in the clean energy sector everywhere. Of course, it's not just limited to urban communities and communities of color in the city, often communities that are coal communities where the entire town uh, is built on an economy of a coal plant. And when the coal plant closes, whether for market forces as it has so frequently or because of a decarbonization effort, the communities are left in a lurch, often with a lot of literally (laughs) piles of coal ash to clean up. So in addition to the economic fallout, There's often uh, some practical needs of the community now that that revenue is not there. So we really focused on anyone and everywhere that will be impacted by our transition. How can we be helpful to those communities, move them forward?
1: So, so one of those, one of those examples or one of those provisions that, uh, you know, inc- increasingly we as a company are actually becoming more familiar with is the Illinois Solar for All program. So I know the Illinois Solar for All program was actually set up, you know, a few years ago, um, in, a pre- in the previous bill, Future Energy Jobs Act, you know, this Illinois Solar for All program it really was expanded upon in the uh you know, the recently passed legislation. So I really like how you you, know, you talk about how, you know, we're really trying to build equity in a lot of communities that are traditionally underserved or maybe coal communities. And so, you know, the, the fact of in the expansion of Illinois Solar for All, for example, I, I think is a, is a wonderful example of that.
0: Yeah, thanks for pointing that out. I had to grab my notes to remember exactly what we did there. And we did do a significant increase in the capital to be invested in that. And, and you make a great point. Um, if you live in an apartment, if you live in a community where you can't put or a, a building that you can't put solar panels on your home doesn't mean you don't want to be a part of that uh, economy. If you have an uh, outdoor parking spot or maybe a park on the street doesn't mean you don't want to utilize electric vehicles and make that part of your transportation mix. So that's another example of where ever we considered um, a change and a transition in our clean energy economy. We also asked ourselves the question what can we do for the people who might not have access traditionally to these opportunities? Right. Right, yeah.
2: I talked about a few of the components of the bill and the goal for the bill is to help, and I stress help get Illinois uh, to 100% reliance on renewables by 2050. So how far along do you think the CJA bill will get us to that 100% resilience goal?
0: Well, I'm hopeful we'll be able to meet or even exceed our goals. When we pass this bill, we all recognize that it's 2021 and um, we have a a lot of work to do in a short period of time. Um, We also recognize that what we did today may not be the last look that we give to the clean energy issue um, over in the coming years. It's certainly going to require some further assessment One of my goals as chair of the energy and environment committee is to ensure that unlike the bills of the past, where we pass them, move on, and a couple of years later say, whatever happened there, (laughs) we're going to really focus on and present a really public facing assessment of how the bill is being implemented. Right now, as we speak, committees are being formed um, in all areas where the experts are working with the administering agencies ICC, the IPA, other organizations to talk about what are we going to do here to make sure we accomplish our goals. And I think it's important that we as legislators maintain an oversight, not just of the procurement of energy and how utilities work, which is what we talked about a lot in the bill, but how this initiative, which is so important to us and our communities, is being implemented. Is it working the way we intended? Are we meeting our goals? What other steps do we need to take to ensure we get there? This is going to be a process. It's exciting to have a great foundation, but we are going to be talking about this bill and uh, its impacts really for months and years to come.
2: Yeah, and that's a huge component, too, of really measuring how effective is what we're currently doing. And so many lessons can be learned from looking at all of that data or information, qualitative and quantitative, to say, here's where we can make things even better, continue to push forward uh, to 100%. And I think that's something completely unique from when we've talked with folks in the past.
0: Well, I think that's a really interesting point. We passed another bill a few years ago the Future Energy Jobs Act. We love our acronyms, as you know. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is uh, renewables. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That bill was, uh, I think, successful in some areas and uh, fell short in others. But that came up a lot during these energy conversations. I had people that would say, Fiji was a complete failure. Others that would say, we made real progress here. Others fell somewhere in the middle. So I don't wanna get us to the point where we don't really know what we accomplished and and what more we need to do. I'm hopeful that the entirety of the coalition that worked to put this bill together will continue to stay involved in the conversation about implementation and where we need to go from here.
2: Hmm. Absolutely.
1: So now that the legislation, you know, has been passed and has been, you know, kind of set in a law here, one of the, you know, you mentioned, you know, kind of building on the foundations that really have been laid by this bill. Um, What do you consider to be kind of the next steps to ensure that, you know, this energy bill that recently passed, what do you you consider to be the next steps really to uh, ensure that it is a success? You know, IPA is obviously deliberating meeting right now. You know, there's a lot of different um, committees, but are there any other steps you foresee that kind of need to be taken?
0: I think there are a lot of steps that will be part of the implementation process, and I think the legislature's role will be to monitor, assess, and have conversations, public-facing conversations, about how things are working. One thing you mentioned was IPA. We also need to consider where we need to beef up or continue to provide resources to our um, Agencies that have been given a whole lot more responsibility. I know the ICC um, is going to be uh, doing a lot more when it comes to accountability and oversight, and that was something very important to so many of us. I think uh, they're looking to hire dozens of new people um, to facilitate all of our goals. And as we move into a kind of a different phase in terms of clean energy, we can't stick necessarily to kind of the bureaucracy of the past and the infrastructure of the past. We need to assess how we need to move forward and ensure that we are providing the proper oversight, we have the infrastructure in place and the tools to be able to make the assessments we need to make to see if CJA is in fact working as we need it to. So that's kind of new and something that we don't normally have to consider when we're passing a bill. Normally the administration of the bill is somewhat in place, but here it's going to require a lot more activity and engagement from all of us and and even the outside uh, companies and advocacy organizations, we'd like to get everyone's input moving forward as to how things are working. So look forward to having those conversations.
2: Looking at the federal level of of Build Back Better slash the infrastructure bill, do you think Illinois CEJA can be impacted or strengthened by Build Back
0: Better? I was surprised to see what kind of attention this bill got nationally and even internationally with the governor and his team going to the conference in Glasgow. I actually attended an event with the British consulate and we had a conversation about every move that anyone makes at any level of government is going to be important for moving the climate conversation forward. So I think we were cognizant throughout that what we do is going to be hopefully a model for other states, but we were also aware of the fact that If we let things slide or didn't do enough in a certain area, that too might be an issue. So we really wanted to make sure that regardless of what we did at the end of the day, we could call this a climate focused bill. And I am very excited that we were able to get that done. It sounds obvious, even a few weeks, a few months after the bill passes, of course, we're passing a climate bill. The news every day is about a climate impact and it's not positive, but you know, as as recently as the spring, there were points in the negotiations where we had to really fight to make sure decarbonization was a part of the final package. So I credit the advocacy organizations and really the grassroots uh, people in the districts and in Illinois that said, we're not going to support um, addressing these other issues unless you take care of climate first and foremost. So that really evolved to be um, kind of the marquee and the hallmark of the bell for me.
1: You know, we, re- we really appreciate your, you know, your time and uh, taking the time with uh, to jump on this call and, and you know, uh, kind of run through some questions with you. Um, where can, you know, where can people find you and, you know, uh, really your, your caucus and, and everything that you've, you know, been kind of pushing for?
0: Well, we are going to have an increased social media presence for our committee as we continue the conversations about CJA. So you can follow me personally on Twitter or my committee, which is the Illinois House Energy and Environment Committee, can get you the specifics. And um, we want to be as open and transparent as possible when it comes to not just the bills that we pass, but how they're being implemented and how they're impacting communities. Well, thank you so
2: much for for joining us today. We appreciate your time and, and we hope to have you on again in the future.